Welcome to the Broski Doodles podcast. Your boy Kiko Flo, Kiko Cervantes here with you. And today, guys, I wanted to start by, by apologizing. Okay, and this might come off weird, but it's not acceptable for me to have left you guys without a podcast for over two weeks. And to me, it's actually very painful. And I was thinking about it every day. But, uh, you know, for some reason, I was just on a specific head situation, you know, some demons. You know, we all have demons that we fight and, and it was just fucking with me, you know. And, and today I said, man, fuck it. I'm not going to wait longer. I'm going to have a podcast done. I'm going to put it out. And I wanted to, you know, publicly uh, make a promise that I won't leave you guys without the weekly podcast ever again. And that's a very bold statement, but I have to keep up to that promise. And, and I'm sorry. Um, you know, at, in life, you know, you go through so and I'm pretty sure you guys share this as well. You go through so many uh, episodes of, of doubt, of like uh, self, uh, self-criticism, self-judgment, you know, and and. I think, you know, part of it is important for us to grow, but also part of it just fucks with your head, you know, especially if you're somebody that falls in those uh, dark holes when, when you're, you know, reevaluating your life, you know, and, and yeah, it's just, it's just, I've had uh, weird weeks where I'm just not in the right space. And nevertheless, uh, I do want to share with, you know, along these lines, sometimes we just have to push ourselves to just do the thing that we need to do, regardless if you don't feel ready to do it. And an example that I want to give on this is, you know, I don't really share much on this podcast uh, about like the music stuff that I do. I'm a musician and and I recently, at the beginning of the year, released an album that's available in, you know, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you want to check, YouTube. And it's Kiko Cervantes, right? That's the, the the name. And but anyways, I finished that album, and then I recently started in the new process of like writing the next album, right? And whenever you're in that process, and and this happens in different, you know, I think parts of life for for many people. When you when I was making this new album, I'm like, fuck, man, do I even have this shit? Do I even like? Am I just a fraud? Like, do I have? the things to do like music to do an album again and and you start doubting and it took me to like just push myself and carry myself through uncomfortable moments where inspiration was not flowing to eventually write a few songs start a few songs where I'm like all right fuck it I got it I can do this and and I'm not saying this as somebody that has succeeded in every aspect of life there's a lot of things that I've tried to do and I fail but but there are others that I that do sort of get completed and, and I succeed on them. And a lot of times in my experience I felt that I wasn't worthy of that challenge or of that thing. And not until I just fucking plowed through it, you know, feeling uncomfortable, feeling like shit, is that I came out of on the other side like, oh fuck. Like straight up that shit was gangster. Right? So that's like sort of the feeling. And if you're listening to this in the morning or at night and you're sort of trying to escape, uh, you know, the daily bullshit, I hope that this, you know, little thing helps you here because I think it's so important to remind each other that we all, we all have that little spark inside of us that can do great things. And 
we just have to like stop doubting and just do it. And even if it comes out and it's not great, just the fact that you put it out there and that you did it, just sets you up for the next step so much better. So, but yeah, that's, uh, I just wanted to open up with that and let that be said. Okay. I don't want you guys to get all sentimental and shit. All right. Chills with it. It's your boy Kiko here, the Broski Doodles. We're here to have that, you know, that good energy. But, you know, I have to also pass on to you the wisdom, okay? When I acquire the wisdom through my many psychotropic adventures, I have recollected data that I want to share with the people that, you know, that I have a connection with. And, and all you space, you know, tuners there in the Spotify's and in the YouTubes. If you're in the YouTubes and you're looking at me as well physically, that's, you know, that's a privilege, you know, looking at this, you know, thing that Ma- Michelangelo might as well just fucking, you know, carve that shit in. You're looking at the motherfucking cuteness. Well, you know, good for you. If you're just listening on the Spotify, then I hope my voice transmits the deepness of the message that I want to convey. No, I really do hope that the audio, you know, I produce the audio as well. So I'm hoping this shit sounds fire to you that when it enters your earphones, your headphones, your headset, you're like, fuck, mate, this shit is fucking amazing. And you go into like a British accent for no fucking reason. That's the type of like power impact I'm trying to bring in this bitch. But, you know, enough of the bullshit. There are some topics that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Because I find it that they're very interesting, and I think very few people know of them. And this this is the topic that I want to talk about is copyrights, right? The copyright of pieces of art, right? Of songs, poems, pictures, even. So, I mean, I know about this stuff because I've needed to know about it so that I can register songs when I make them and and have everything sort of covered. In the case that shit does pop off, everything, you know, is registered correctly so that nobody can steal my compositions, etc. Right. So I've had to know about this because I just need to do the the bureaucratic paper bullshit behind it so that everything. But most people, you know, you listen to music on a daily basis, but you don't even really know what's behind it. Right. The legal part of it. And obviously, there's, there's many aspects of it, but the one that I'm going to talk about today is the copyright af- aspect of it. And the copyright has to do with the person or the collection of people that created a song. And here I'm talking about specifically the composition. So not the recording. And this is a topic that could get super complex. So I'll, please don't try to like, you know, I don't want to confuse you here. I myself, I'm confused about this shit already and I know about this shit right because it, it, it's extremely confusing I think it's done on purpose to be confusing but there's like a th- there's like an ownership of the recording sound or the masters which is what you listen to and then there's a the copyright of the actual composition so the composition would be the person wrote a song right wrote lyrics and put chords in it on a guitar or on a piano the very simple sort of basic structure of that song that's the copyright and then when people you know record it on a studio and put you know different arrangements and producers involved and shit that becomes a master and then the ownership of that can vary but the copyright we're talking about directly the the actual composition behind it and what I found interesting is that recently, uh, I mean, I've had to register songs since, you know, back in the day, 
when I started making songs and I was young, but I recently had to do it with a new album that came out. And I was just going through some of like the FAQs, you know, the questions that are frequently asked and shit. And some of them had to do with like, how long is the, like how, how long does the copyright last? And it's actually like a limit. Like, so it, to me, it was very interesting because, you know, like when you have, when you have ownership of something like a house or a car, that's yours forever, pretty much. Uh, and you, you can pass that along to other people in your family, etc. But when it comes to music, when you write a song, the song has the copyright lasts for the life of the author plus 70 years after their death. Right. So that means that after 70 years from the moment the person passed, those songs become public, um, public. Uh, I can't remember the fucking phrase now, but meaning that they're public. They're just open for the public to use. They're not longer owned by anyone. And I don't know. I think they do this because in art, I guess, it's sort of like, okay, if that person died 70 years past, like, you know, they already took all the benefits from that. Now it becomes part of humanity. And to me, it was weird. I mean, I don't want to be greedy with this shit, but like, if my songs do end up being something in the future... It, it, it does feel a certain way that it's not mine forever, right? Like, once I pass 70 years after that, the songs become public domain. I think that's the phrase that I was uh, looking for. And then anyone can use it. So, like, your family, your descendants cannot com- continue to get benefit from that. You know what's interesting? Like, all these songs from, like, Beethoven and, and all these, like, classical composers, I'm pretty sure most of them... But at least some of them, it has been more than 70 years since their death. I think in the past, the rule was 100 years after your death. But I think they might have changed that recently. I, I read that on, this, on 1978, the U.S. Copyright Office made some changes in the law. But pretty much anything made after 1978 that was registered and made after that, which is most things that you see, at least for people that write music you know, today, right? I mean, obviously there's a lot of songs that were written before 1978 and those fall under a bit different uh, rule system when it comes to when they expire, but it's very similar. It has a time limit and, and shit. But anyways, like I'm pretty sure Beethoven and, and some of these composers, you know, are there songs on public domain already? I mean, if, if the rule applies and what would that mean? Like, I don't know. It's a bit, it's a bit, uh, I'll revisit this topic on that specific note because I am curious to know what happens if you use a Beethoven song, which you hear a lot in, in like, in, in uh, movies, right? You hear like those, and I'm pretty sure those composers, I mean, is somebody making money off that or can you use that freely? Who knows? Who knows? But in the case of new works, at least, once you die, 70 years after that, you lose ownership of that. It becomes, I guess, free for anyone to use and nobody makes money of it, which is a bit weird. But uh, copyrights in general have been in very, very uh, weird and interesting situations. I'm going to talk about them uh, today with you. One of them is it's a very funny one, but Michael Jackson owns the copyright to the song Happy Birthday, right? So... Pretty much like if you're in a restaurant and they need to sing happy birthday, 
they technically would need to pay to you know the ownership in this case Michael Jackson and I'm talking a lot of shit here these are things that I've heard rumors but I'm pretty sure some of it is true but Pretty much like Michael Jack, and you'll see why some of this is true because some of the shit does, you will be able to confirm along with me. But if you go to a restaurant and they sing like Happy Birthday, right? They will need to pay Michael Jackson, the owner of that song, each time they, they play it. Just like if you're in a karaoke, every time you sing the song, technically the bar or the, the, the place, the establishment has to pay each person that that uh, karaoke song sounded on that night, which is, which I think is a bit crazy when you, you know, coming from somebody that, you know, hopes to get benefit from copyright, that is a bit harsh, I think. But in any case, have you noticed that sometimes when you go to restaurants, you don't hear happy birthday, but instead you hear like a version of happy birthday. That's like a new song. That's like happy, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday, happy, happy, like something. I've heard that shit. Right. And it was like, why do they do that? And from what I understand, the reason why restaurants don't sing the original Happy Birthday song and, they, and they, they, they sing some like, you know, fucked up version of it is because otherwise they would need to pay for those copyrights. So they just sing like a, like a made up Happy Birthday song, right? So I don't know. I thought that was interesting. And like I said, if somebody knows about this and you want to do a little Google search real quick about this shit and tell me if I'm wrong, yo, let me know. But I'm pretty sure that, you know, it goes along those lines. And I, and I do know for certain that Michael Jackson owns the copyright and publishing of a lot of, of songs that exist. Well, he's dead now, but, you know, his enterprise. Um, they own the Beatles. They own the Beatles. Hey, on the Beatles. They own the Beatles uh, sort of catalog and shit. So anytime a Beatles song gets played, they're the ones who get paid, right? And it's just like a very, this is a very like fiery subject because a lot of people have been fucked, have been duped in the past because they were just, they were not aware of the copyright situation. And, you know, for example, another interesting sort of situation that comes along with copyrights and, and this is uh, what's called sampling. And sampling is when you grab the sound of another song, right? It could be even like a little piece of it, like a three-second, two-second piece of it, and you use it as part of your own song, right? And this is something that started to be done in the 80s when hip-hop came about. And a lot of hip-hop is, is, is very linked to, to sampling, especially in those days. So that's why you hear a lot of the hip hop sounds from the, you know, from the 80s. I mean, and even still today, but it was when it started, it was even more heavily um, used. It's all sampling. So they would, they would get like records from the 70s, from the 60s, right? Of these very like soulful songs. They would grab melody pieces, tweak them, and then add, you know, percussion. And they would make like really, really nice songs that sounded, you know, very different. So... You know, it's like an art in its own, sampling, you know. One of my, my, my friends that I work with musically, he's like really good at sampling. And I, you know, when I see him do it, I, you know, it's crazy because he's not a musician himself. But it's, there's an art to like grabbing this, this other music and adapting it. 
Now, you know, there's musicians that don't agree with it. And this is where like the legality issues come in, because back in the day, what would happen sometimes is a rap group would use a lot of different samples on a song. And then the original artists that played the songs where those samples came from would sue them. And in many cases, sort of gain ownership of whatever that new rap song made because it had a piece of the music in it. So a lot of like, like really hot songs in the past had some issues like that. I mean, and it still happens today. There's a song, uh, again, uh, I, today I'm, I don't have the fact sheet with me, but I'm, I, if I'm not mistaken, there's a song by a rapper called Juice World that they used uh, a piece of the song from Sting. Sting had a song, they used you know, part of it and they made a song. And that song sort of blew up. The Juice World rapper song blew up. And then Sting, I don't know how it works, like if you have to sue them or whatever, but he was able to gain like most of the earnings from that new song because they used his piece. Now, what's supposed to happen is that you ask the artist whose music you're going to use, right? You ask them first. Maybe you get to an agreement where you pay them a certain amount and then you can use the things freely. Thing is, you know, a lot of people that are starting in music didn't have, you know, like money to, you know, like the reason why you did this is, specific, is you know, probably because you couldn't buy like instruments and shit. So you started doing this because that's what you had like the means for. So you don't really have, you know, when you're like big already and this started happening when when hip hop groups were successful, the 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 labels would directly clear samples and this is there's a new business that came about of this where you sort of talk to the artist that you're gonna get the samples from first pay them in advance and then you can make your song and if your song blows up now you get all the earnings from that song because you already sort of made a deal with the people that you use the samples from but obviously if you didn't do that at the beginning and your song blows up now the artist who samples you got they're going to be like, oh, this song is making a lot of money. Now I'm going to sue them and get my part because they didn't ask me originally if, if, if I was going to allow them to do this. So, you know, it's a very interesting game. I don't want to bore you guys with too much of the technicalities because it might get a bit confusing. But yeah, but pretty much, you know, like this shit still happens today where there's like issues with the copyright. I myself, I love sampling the like how it sounds. I don't sample myself. I make all original sounds, uh, but, you know, nothing against like sampling. I love the way like, you know, like Kanye West, he makes amazing beats. And, you know, some of the first albums had just amazing songs and they were from samples. But, you know, so it's an art to its, you know, to its own. It's, it's amazing. But I personally don't don't sample because I just don't want to have any like legal issues. You know, uh, I mean, in the future. If it comes along where I can like do some songs on on people's beats that they already have sort of registered correctly and shit like that, then that's fine. But I myself for my albums, I just create all the sounds and that way I, I sort of know for certain that I'm not going to have any issues with anybody suing me um, in the case that, you know, any of my songs sort of blow up, which we hope it does. I mean, if, if that shit happens, I'll be fucking having episodes twice a week. Uh, if I had the time and, and I didn't have to, you know, have a, a nine to five, you know. Um, so, yeah, so that's pretty much like 
a little piece of what the copyright world is. It's super crazy. Uh, you know, you, you can copyright songs, you can copyright poems, you can copyright pictures. You know, I mean, obviously, when like when you take certain pictures you, you, and you want to make sure that if somebody uses them, then that you get paid for it, there's a copyright for that. You know what's interesting? I found out there's not copyright for comedians. So you cannot copyright a joke under the current sort of legal system that, that exists for copyright. There's not one yet or like a tool available for comedians to register jokes. And I find that to be crazy, right? Like, because like... That's something that you definitely want to protect. And, and you know, we've all heard, if you're into stand-up comedy, I'm a fucking stand-up comedy connoisseur. Uh, I, I know a lot of this because sort of I'm interested in that, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people have heard of, like, comedians stealing material from other comedians. And, you know, normally what, hap- what, what how it would happen is, like, a bigger comedian that was actually appearing in TV shows and shit like that would steal jokes from like a very like a smaller comedian that's not very known. You get their material if, if it's good, and then you steal it, and then it's very hard for that smaller comedian to like accuse you of anything because you're the one that sort of told those jokes in TV and shit. And you know, I mean that obviously that has evolved. People are more aware of this, so it's harder to do. But there's still not a specific way to protect it. So what comedians do sometimes is if they come out with a special they'll grab that uh, special and register as a, like a music album. And like if it was, you know, a copyright for songs. And, and this way they sort of protect it and they have something at least in the case where somebody steals a joke, they have some legal basis, right? It's not the correct tool that they, they should be using, but because they don't have anything else, they register it as a song because there's no way to register a joke. We don't have... Um, a system for it. So they register as a song. And that's why if you ever listen to like a comedy album on Spotify and shit like that, besides making money out of those jokes that people might listen to in the car and shit, it's also to register it, to publish it in a way you keep um, the ownership of those jokes. And it's a lot harder for somebody to steal them because you have more legal sort of, um, you know, leverage to, to fuck them up, you know? So... So yeah, I mean, um, you know, copy, when it comes to copyright, I, I want to know if, if you guys have heard of this before, if you've encountered any stories regarding this, if you think this is interesting, and, and if you have like any questions on it, uh, I'll be glad to, to revisit those. I'm going to find out if, you know, what, what happens to this classical music. There's got to be special laws, because I'm pretty sure whenever somebody plays some Beethoven on a, on a movie, somebody's getting paid for that, for certain. I'm pretty sure the Beethoven family gets a check from that shit. So I'm going to find out. But if you have any questions that you find interesting regarding the copyright, let me know. I wanted to revisit. You know, I was talking to you at the beginning of the podcast that sometimes as humans, we fall in this like mental holes where we don't trust ourselves, where we don't have confidence. And I wanted to know what you guys do to sort of recover from that. Like I told you earlier, like, you know, one of the things I try to do is just push myself to just, and when I say push myself, I don't mean it in like a, bro, you got to push yourself, bro, to the limit. Come on. Like not even metaphorically. Like, I mean, really like just drag myself to do something, even if I feel like I'm doing it bad because there's no other way to complete shit. You know, like, like, like an example I could give on this is sometimes I don't want to go out and work out, right? Like I'm trying to like every day do some cardio 
and sometimes it fails. But when I don't fail and I succeed, it's because it's not because I have the magical, you know, desire to go and, and ride my bicycle or jog. It's because I tell myself, all right, just go outside and start doing it, even if you don't want to. And once I'm doing it, 10 minutes go by, I'm like, oh, all right, this is not that bad. So it's almost like the way that I look at it is the hardest part is just fucking starting. And once you start it, you get the ball rolling. And I'm really trying not to sound like some motivational asshole because I'm somebody that's like very cynical and I talk shit about all those motivational people because I just think a lot of them are full of shit. But but I'm just I'm just telling you shit that I've that I sort of notice when I do things, you know. And this is coming from somebody that fails constantly at many things in life. You know, there's like daily goals that I put myself in. Some a lot of them I don't complete, but I sort of try not to knock myself too hard and put in perspective the shit that I do complete, the shit that I do succeed at and, and try to learn, you know, daily how to fucking apply it, you know. You know, like I don't you know, obviously I have like the, the things that I do creatively, I have the music, but besides that, like work wise, like for normal jobs, I don't even I don't even know what I like. Like it feels like it's just sometimes I feel lost in that sense. And I don't know what how you guys feel sometimes, you know. Like I've even thought of like, man, what if I like learn how to do some like manly shit, you know, like how to drive a forklift, how to I don't know, like something that like that you know is gonna, you know, like how to do plumbing. I don't know, like something that you know is gonna fucking, you know, like, cause people think like those jobs are shit jobs. I mean, I don't think so at all. I have friends that do like welding and shit, and those motherfuckers make money because nowadays nobody wants to do those jobs, and those are the jobs that actually matter, like the essential jobs, like an, an electrician, like, I don't know, I wanna learn to do some shit like that that I know I could, like, always have a job that could, like, you know? I mean, I, obviously, ideally, I would like to just fucking produce these things. I'm a creative person. This is what I like. But, you know, I have so much respect for people that do, like, you know, like, a lot of these jobs that, that you saw on this uh, great show, like, uh, Dirty Jobs. Uh, that guy is fucking great. But, you know, those type of jobs that are hard that sometimes people don't see, but that are very important to society, like, you know, driving a truck or fucking driving like a, like a, uh, a tow truck, you know, like the ones that are like rescue cars that, you know, are in the highway and they fucking broke down and shit. Like there's a lot of shit that, that, that is actually essential and good and that I don't know anything about. Like, you know, our generation, you know, I, I'm a millennial, I, I'm a millennial. I was born in 89. And I feel like we were on that cross, whoever's around my age, we're in that crossover, 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 like generation where like you didn't really learn much about like classical like uh, professions, but you were at the beginning of the internet. So you're not like, like, you know, you're like in the middle. You're like, fuck, I, I know a little bit of both worlds, but I'm not really good at any. I mean, I'm talking for myself, you know. I'm pretty sure there's got you know people out there that are like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, bro. I'm bawling. I'm living in Bali right now, and you could say shit is is going well. You know, money's pouring in. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. You know, like 
I've even thought of like, like, like maybe like a like a food place that's super fire, you know? Like when I want to make fire food, it's fire. And I'm not talking about like some crazy complex shit. I'm talking about like the basics. Less is more. You know, sometimes when I'm like working on shit on songs, sometimes you want to like fill it in with so much shit, and then you realize, bro, less is more. Sometimes just a little bit, of, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, boom. You don't need to have like a great fucking complex menu but if you have like the right things you know like if you make a mean burger that's all you sell burgers and fries it could be as simple as that but if you make a mean burger that can fucking get to the people's heart you know you're going somewhere so i want to know what you guys feel about like accomplishing dreams and, and bigger things let me know what you think and thank you for tuning in uh Take care.